Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call! Hey, hey! Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Haberman Middle Call. I'm Guy. That's John. We have a podcast. If you're watching the YouTube, it's down in the description below. If you're listening to the podcast, check out the YouTube on the YouTube channel and get in the Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review, five stars. Put a question in there. That's how you get in the mailbag. Stay warm, people. Get warm? Stay warm. Stay warm. Freezing. John, as we speak, Joe Douglas, the GM of the Jets, Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, Nathaniel Hackett, the cheese in the mousetrap that is the free agent slash trade chase of Aaron Rodgers, have probably descended with their private jet upon... Chico, wherever Aaron is. Malibu. Malibu, better than Chico. All due respect to Chico. And are talking to him. What do you think? Over and done, well, gone from the NFC? Yeah, I think he's I think he's going to be on the Jets by the end of the week. Um, and I think the Packers are no longer viewed. Now, we can't forget the Niners who have played the Packers back-to-back years in 2020. Excuse me. 2019 in the NFC Championship game, and then 2021 in the second round, they didn't make the playoffs last year. You know, they were not a playoff team. The Lions were better than them and are going to be an ascending team. I think they got multiple first-round picks still. So, you know, the Packers are no lock with the way Rodgers played last year to be a playoff team, but, you know, more often than not, he's going to play better than he did last year. I, I would say it would potentially be an it. The, the likelihood of Jordan Love being remotely as close to as good as, as Aaron Rodgers is slim to none. So I think it's fair to say bye-bye Packers from just chalking up. If Aaron Rodgers plays 17 games, more often than not, they're just a playoff lock. You would say those days are done. Yeah, I mean, there was the um, period of time at the end of the regular season where it looked like the Packers might make the playoffs. 
And we started having the conversation. Now, in the end, they you know finished eight and nine. The last playoff team in was Seattle at nine and eight. The Giants were nine, seven, and one. Uh, but we did start having the conversation at the end of the year. What would be the biggest challenge for the Niners? They were the two seeds. They played the seven. Would you rather play Seattle? Would you rather play Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? You'd rather play Geno, who just got extended, I think, through one touchdown against the Niners last year, maybe two, played three games. Um, so you would rather have played Geno Smith than Aaron Rodgers because on any given day, a great quarterback could beat you. And I think one thing we've seen with the Niners in this recent era, it takes a great quarterback or a special quarterback to beat them. They are not, by and large, they are not going to lose in meaningful games. They're not going to lose playoff games to average quarterbacks. I think I, that's how I feel about them. You you need to have a really you got to have a special quarterback to beat them. Aaron was that. Now, if you tell me Jordan Love turns out to be a great player, he does have mobility, which could create a problem for the Niners down the road. But I think what it does, it just puts one more great quarterback or potentially great quarterback in the AFC, where there are already several. If Lamar stays put, fantastic quarterbacks. I mean, there's you know there's the potential of six like Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing in the AFC playoffs next year, not counting Trevor Lawrence. There's a long way to go. But Mahomes, uh, I would put, you know, Herbert certainly has that potential. Obviously, Mahomes is there, Burrow, Josh Allen, and then Rodgers. So the AFC, if you whoever comes out of the NFC playoffs and represents the NFC in the Super Bowl, you know, th- somebody's going to have to go through a gauntlet in the AFC if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers and, and are a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it weakens. It does weaken. I mean, the, the, the NFC just, quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, fuck, it's fucking Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, there's great unknown with Jordan Love. History would tell us more than likely Jordan Love's average at best. At, that's if he's the 14th best quarterback for the Packers. I think they would sign up for that right now. So if Aaron Rodgers leaves, and one, it, maybe Aaron Rodgers is trending down and his runs over. I, I saw that this would be his 18th year in the league. Like he, he's been in the NFL a long time. Most of our lives, like an 18-year pro sport career, was incredibly long. Uh, it feels like, you know, because of technology slash diet slash the way the league is, you know, officiated, he could have several more years playing at a high level. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think adios. Like, he's gone. Like, he's not coming back to Green Bay. Like, that's that ship's clearly sailed. Now, it's, it's a complicated situation, but I, I think it just weakens – you know, the NFC as a whole, though, short term and just looking at last year, they were not a playoff team. And they, they they really got lucky to be as close as they were. Remember that like Miami Christmas Day game, they were down 10 points and Tua played a second half with a concussion and threw a bunch of picks. I mean, they easily could have been KO'd way earlier than what it came down to on that night game when got thoroughly outplayed by the Lions. Like the Lions yeah. are a team if the Niners played them in the playoffs, everyone would pick the Niners because of like the Jared Goff matchup, but they are a very talented, young and up and coming team. Like they have impact players and now they get several picks. I mean, remember impact. we talked about remember that, that game they played really well. It didn't matter to them at that point in time. They already knew they weren't going to make it to the playoffs. Um, and uh, you know, so we talked about what would be a worse matchup for the Niners. And I think we thought they would be a worse matchup for the Niners than Seattle just because they've got a little something to them. Then there's already beaten Seattle. Um, but the golf factor, you know, I think they just, they cannot check that box of a quarterback that can go toe to toe with the Niners defense. They just can't. I would look at the Packers as ranking the teams as the worst of the Seattle, like Geno Smith. Jordan Love's not going to be as good as Geno Smith. Obviously Jared Goff is better than Jordan Love. I mean, Jared Goff last year was better than like, Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Love may not be as good as Geno Smith, but he might be. And I know Geno Smith isn't good enough to beat the Niners. Like that to me is the difference between the two, right? Is we just we have not seen Jordan Love play. I, guy, I would say if if Jordan Love were to throw 30 touchdowns next year, it'd be one of the biggest stories in the league. I a hundred percent I agree with that. I'm just saying I I already know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Geno Smith's not a good enough quarterback to carry a team to beat the Niners defense. No, but he is good enough to have you in the playoffs. And I, I, you can't say that about Jordan Love. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if they make the playoffs again. It took a first half that was MVP level from Geno Smith for them to sneak into the playoffs at the end. Like, I don't think true, but they got picks. I'm, but they, they got their team is going to be more talented. Yeah. 
I just, my point is we have the final answer on Geno Smith. We don't have the final answer on Jordan Love. I'm giving Jordan See, Love. See, I, 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 I wouldn't go we have the final. Like, Geno's just really first starting to get to play. I, I would rather have Geno Smith than Jordan Love. I know that. Again, could Geno be wrong pretty quickly. I, I just, old. If he was that guy for, if he was really that guy, he'd have been that guy by now. That's my opinion. Yeah. I, I just, and I think I what we saw in the second half of the season was him come back to earth which is what generally he, sh- he doesn't mean he's not an NFL starter. Gino, I mean, the flip side of what I'm saying is Jordan Love may not be an NFL starter. That's true. He may not be. I think one problem for the Packers is that there is, you never want to be the guy that follows the guy. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that follows the guy. The, the, the amount of pressure on Jordan Love is going to be astronomical. They're trying to catch lightning in a bottle twice. Yeah. Is the fact that it worked with Aaron evidence that it will work again or evidence that they got really lucky and you can't pull that off twice? And let's face it, in a weird way, Brett Favre was like their Steve Young. They kind of caught lightning in a bottle with him, remember? They traded for him after his rookie year. He was so unknown his jersey was spelled wrong. (laughs) Or was it just his card? Yeah. I know. Uh, Rich Eisen, among uh, the rumor dump that he he made on uh, Monday... He said um, that the rumor around the combine was that Tom Brady may not be done after all, according to people he talked to. Folks are saying keep an eye on Miami. Brady responded Tuesday by saying, anyone thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter. Which is funny. But also, I don't believe that somebody can't take care of a kitten for you if you decide to come back to the NFL. It was a way to get in on the conversation without saying, like, this is stupid. I'm never coming back. Which is, if there you was, want to end it, the way to end it. I got a theory on this guy. Okay. Hit me. There was also a story. Rich was throwing out some nuggets. Now, he's there for six days bullshitting with everybody, right? Throughout that Phillip Rivers, in December, played some calls. Called the Dolphins and called the 49ers. Said, hey, guys, I'm ready if you need me. And then I started putting the the piece of the puzzle together. It's either the Dolphins or the Niners that are telling Rich this. And there were also some rumors about keeping an eye on Brady, Miami. Those would be two teams that would be very interested in Tom. And obviously, they would have to tell someone that, like, Philip Rivers, Philip ain't broadcasting this. If it is the 49ers, I think they're trying to hint at, we're not done trying to get a hold of this guy. And ultimately, it doesn't matter because we, we're going to stay with this. And if it is up until training camp, we're cool with it. But this is not, we can publicly say we're not interested because Philip Rivers doesn't make sense for the 49ers. He can't move at all. And obviously, he was trending down that last year in Indy, and that's several years ago. Tom, who I also don't think is a great scheme fit because he can't move either, is would be worth it, <laughs> uh, especially if Purdy is compromised. But... I, I think the 49ers are not going to stop with the contact of them. I, I I would imagine that's a fluid situation. 100% behind the scenes, not getting leaked out. Because I think Tom now is very sensitive. Again, in his way of like, he tried to poo-poo it, end it. But I think Kyle and John, and probably the Dolphins too. And that includes the owner, Probably the owner more than the, like, I don't f- figure Mike McDaniel's calling him a lot, but I would imagine the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are constantly just just throwing some things out there to old Thomas. Um, We know John has his number because he admitted he, to sending him, like, happy career. <laughs> well, but when he said it, it was kind of. He he seemed like he did not feel totally free to just talk about that subject. And there was something awkward about the way he talked about it. I'd have to go back and watch again. But if I recall, he didn't say Brady's name. There was something that just felt a little off to me about the way Lynch said it. I sent him a text when he retired. He was a team out for, teammate for about three weeks. So I just sent him a text saying congratulations to one of the best careers. I wished him the best. So we'll leave it at that. I thought when I watched it, Lynch was omitting something. I'm not going to say hiding something, but I thought John Lynch was careful with his words. Partly maybe it's because he doesn't want to say something that will get people believing that he's talking to Tom about returning. But again, that's an easy thing to shoot down if it's not a thing that you're talking about. I think it's a very sensitive subject when there's truth behind it. 
with, especially from this, their perspective too is a little more unique than just GM player. He's you know fellow Hall of Famer. I, I I just think that it's it's a very sensitive topic with John for all the different variables. One, yes. there's obviously they're interested. Obviously, there there's some desperation on their part. And two, I I think John is very. I think he's very cautious with this type of stuff to begin with, you know, at the but highest level. The question level is why, stuff. right? And your 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 point is, I think you're right. There's a reason to be cautious. If there were no doubt about retirement, there would be no reason to be cautious. Yeah. Like if this was three years, if you asked him the same question about Peyton Manning, I don't think he'd beat around the bush like that. And, and as we've seen with all the memes, and you and I have been talking about this forever. Uh, who else? I, I think Kevin Durant used to fall under this too. It is hard for some guys to lie. And partly because they're just like, I'm not a huge fluff bullshit guy. Like yes. you and I have talked to John. He's just pretty straightforward human being. So Kevin Durant clearly could just have a conversation and just wants to talk. Not like the, all the BS that goes on in the world that 99% of people beat around. Some people can't do that. In John's job, you have to do it. There, there's no way around it, and it's a struggle for him. It like is part of why Kevin Durant used to fight with Ethan. Was it was hard for him? Like, guys, stop asking me about free agency because I can't keep lying about it. I right. don't want to lie about it. Right, but and I don't want it. Like, but I know what you're going to do with the real answer, and we can't have that either. Well, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah, that's why some people just do. The the only solution is do not talk at all. But you know, the NBA, you got to talk seven times and the GMs, uh, I guess you could just skip the combine, but uh, you got to go to work. And um, ultimately, John doesn't want to dodge anybody. Lynch, he wants to just let's have a conversation. But I agree. I mean, the you idea think, that you think Kyle and LaFleur are a little justified in McVeigh, the Belichick, you see also skip the combine. First time in justified career? because Bill did it. Does <laughs> it make it more OK for them? Yes, I would say it, it made it look a little better for them. As Brad tweeted, Lynch touches ear. Because wouldn't you say one of the most famous memes in the history of memes or gifs on, you know, would be the Belichick uh. <laughs> chewing on something and using the binoculars? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fred Warner went on busting with the boys, John, and uh, many people have uh, picked up on uh, a couple of things he said, but one was about. Uh, well, I guess, was it Bustin' with the Boys just with Luan? Bustin' with the Boy, yeah. Yeah, Bustin' with the Boy. Uh, and Luan, and we could we love to source guess, so we can source guess here. Luan said he talked to somebody in the NFL who knows the game. So, you know, not like an assistant analytic GM, knows the game. And um, basically told him that Brock Purdy ain't all that, misses throws, etc. Fred Warner said, no, man, that's incorrect. This guy's a baller. I've been a Brock guy since day one when he was just the scout team quarterback. So uh, what do we make of it? And can we source guess who told Taylor Luan that? If I had to source guess, as someone who's, you know, I would say the last month I, I've listened to some busting with the boys is Rand Carthen, who is mm -hmm. the new general manager of Tennessee, cut him. Cut him. Now, Taylor was not your typical. In the room. Was in the room. Yeah. He had been he knew he was getting cut for a long period of time. So that, that longtime Titan could have spent a, like all day in the facility or half a day BSing with the guys talking shop. He was at Ziegler's house within the last month. Cause they have a strong relationship. Dave Ziegler, counselor. Raiders. Swore who did the, who did the, Here we are. Who, who did the Raiders play? Second to last game of the season. 49ers. GMs watch the other team typically to just look at stuff. I, I think that one would make the most sense. Can I give you one more source guess? Yeah. Luan went to Michigan, where 49ers quarterback coach Brian Greasy played quarterback. Very different time. Doesn't feel like something Greasy would say. But when, when would they have sat down next to each other, though? Did he say they sat down next to each other? Yeah, he's like, he showed me film. Oh, showed me film. Yeah, I, Greasy's not on my list, but I just, you know, in the interest of covering all connections, I'm throwing Greasy out. Rand Carthen was with the Niners. I mean, Rand yeah. Carthen would have a very thorough view. I'm going Rand or Ziegler. Yeah, to me, the difference between Rand and Ziegler would be Ziegler might be more likely to show film because Ziegler would have the film. I don't know why Rand would have a bunch of Brock Purdy film on him. Doesn't matter to him. He's just he watched him 
practice, right? Well, if you were well, if you were BSing with him in his office with the Titans and you brought up the question like, is Purdy legit? And I could be anybody. If I don't think he is, and I've watched him, I'd go, look at this, bring up game whatever. Look at these missed throws. I know exactly where they are if I'm ran. Or if I'm Ziegler, I've watched the previous couple games that week checking out our opponent. Yeah. Right. Because I end up watching their free agents. Hell, I, you know, as an evaluator, could I, what did I miss on this Purdy guy? Am I wrong or am I right? One thing clearly, Luan loves Tennessee, like has a special place. He said on one of his podcasts he would not go back and play in the division to play against the Titans. So he could have said to Rand Carthen, Rand, are you going to trade for Trey Lance? And Rand says, you know, they still think Trey could be their guy. Brock's not as good as you think. We're just source guessing source takes here. The real story of that is not who the source is. The real story of it, though, is how much do we believe Fred Warner's answer was real and how much of it was just on his teammate? Um, Fred doesn't just say, I like the guy. Fred says, I've liked the guy since we started practice against him. I thought it was a pretty authentic, believable, real answer from Fred Warner on Brock Purdy. I'd agree. I mean, I he was the most outspoken guy from the jump. Because he had the most experience with him, right? Going up against him literally kind of mono for mono. One guy's calling the defense, the other guy's calling the offense. So he believes in him. I think at this point in time, like I, I hold Fred to pretty high regard when not just throwing around stuff when he speaks about another player. And I'd also say he got his back from the beginning when I know like most of us people on the outside are like, wait, the seventh rounder, they, they're fucked. How are they going to make the playoffs? How are they going to keep winning games? He was more than proven right. I mean, the guy was relative to what they were playing with in Jimmy Garoppolo. He was an upgrade. Yeah. You know, it was because I, I would say Fred pounded the table for him more than anybody immediately. And well, it had a unique perspective, right? Like, it wasn't like Fred, like, we see him around the locker room. We don't practice with him as much, like, or I mean, Kittle or Debo. Fred was like, I see this guy every single day for the last three months in practice, in training camp, all through whatever week that was eight or 10 or whatever this guy can play i think it's important to give some perspective too because we've seen fred warner practice maybe and if you've gone to niner practice fans you've seen him too fred warner gets in fights fred warner talks do you remember early practice early in the offseason talked a lot of trash like fred warner competes fred warner does not go cruise control when they go 11 on 11 in 49ers practice right so i think it probably matters to him who else competes he is trying I think consciously to challenge other players, to challenge Brandon Ayuk, to challenge whoever, not just physically, but mentally. And so I think part of the deal with Fred Warner is, well, who is challenging me? My guess is Brock challenged him a little bit, or at least showed him that he couldn't trick Brock, right? In maybe the way that, or maybe punk Brock, whatever it is, Brock passed some test with Fred, because I think it's one thing that's clear with Fred is he tries to put people to the test in practice. And Brock obviously passed his test. Well, Fred has famously said before game, someone asked him, like, why do you look across the field? He said, I try to find the quarterback and play a staring contest with him during the national anthem. And if I can't find him, I try to find one of their better offensive players. And if that guy moves his eyes after a while, I, I think I get an advantage. You know, he's kind of and dumpy. He, was no I would say he's I would say he's less outspoken than like Ray Lewis, but he's kind of got some Ray Lewis vibes to him. Like when you said, when you go to practice or when you just kind of hear his mindset about football. And I think this gets back to going after Brady or what they're going to do. Any, it's a difference between rumors. I mean, we're going to get some tangible evidence. Like, do they sign a guy, the 15th, 16th, a backup quarterback, their mindset on it? Because I, I do think not only do they value what he thinks, I think he's reiterating things that like Kyle believes. Right, because you would say him and Kyle are very, you know, they parallel each other. I think in football stuff. Yeah, that, that that I would say he represents internally, and not always players represent the front office. I think it's fair to say, like his words represent the powers that be on, on this young man. It, it's all going to come down to his health, but if it comes down early next week, like we think everything's going to be fine. Well, obviously, no more in three months if he's ready to kind of start throwing but we feel good about everything this doctor said who's done a million of these. I think they're going to believe in this guy. Now you still need to get a veteran quarterback, but I guess ultimately what I'm saying is I think he speaks for the powers that be not like those aren't their words, but I, I think he represents internally the mindset 
represents other players, represents like what the front office thinks. This, they're very impressed with this guy. And rightfully so. He, he earned you in the NFL, you have to earn it. Like ultimately, Taylor Lewan's highly thought of, not because he was a top 15 pick, because then he became a really good player, you know, a yeah. really good player. Like McCaffrey didn't doesn't have respect all around the league because he was highly picked or got paid. It's because when you play him and he's healthy, he's a fucking ass kicker, you know, and people that played against Purdy or practice against him or watched him. That's the other thing. We watched him. It's like, God, this guy's pretty good, man. Yep. Franchise quarterback, all that. Who knows? Already been injured, which is obviously never good. Like one time, I mean, you get an injury. I would say too. Like, think about this. Mahomes had a couple weird injuries over his career, like high ankle sprain, uh, that dislocated knee. But he never really misses time, so you never view him like this guy doesn't really get hurt. Right. When you get a major injury, shoulder, knee, elbow, it's just one of those things that, like, I, I just do think we look at you. I know for a fact, front offices, it's just. It's always kind of the elephant in the room. Like Fred Warner, he's not an injury, never gets hurt. He goes down sometimes, but he always gets up. I, I think this Purdy, he's going to have to prove, you know, he can just, so whenever he gets playing again, that he can just be a, like Cousins, even Dak. Like Dak's had, like broke his ankle. But for the most part, like when the Cowboys play, Dak plays. Had some weird injuries, but I don't think we view him as an injury-prone guy. Cousins durable. Durability at quarterback is is really, really Herbert just Chargers are playing, Herbert's playing, right? There's not even a question. <laughs> but hurt. Gets hurt. But yeah. play. Doesn't miss time. Yeah. Doesn't miss time. Yeah. I mean, to the it got to the point last year where it's like, should this guy not shouldn't you take him out of games? Part of it is he's, you know, some of these guys Dak is a physically a large person. Justin Herbert's a big person, right? Kirk, I, I don't Kirk's not Kirk's same bigger person. than you think, I think. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef. Free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, the other thing Fred Warner said in Akash Anavarathan, uh, posted the recap of it. Fred Warner gave his top five Niners players and he ranked them this way. Fred Warner himself, number one, Trent Williams, number two, Nick Bosa, number three, Christian McCaffrey, number four, Debo Samuel, number five, honorable mention to George Kittle. So my first reaction to this was yours. Laugh at Fred for putting himself number one. I don't think it's as crazy as it sounds. If you say, if you subtracted one of these players, which one would be the hardest for them to replace? If you took away Debo, you got McCaffrey. If you took away McCaffrey, you got Debo. If you took away Bosa, you lose maybe the, maybe the guy that you would put number one on this list. But you do have a good pass rush and a good defensive line coach. If you took away Trent, that's devastating, right? Best left tackle in the league. Um, but you do have an offense with skill guys. You try to run the ball. You have your, you know, your offensive coordinator is one of your weapons, your head coach. There's really, I don't know how you would correct or compensate for losing Fred Warner. If you were the 49ers, here's the way I would do it. If I was making my list, I would go, they're all rookies. It's a draft. How would I rank them on my big board? And I, I think that Bosa or Trent Williams are just going one. And I think depending on the team, I I would, you know, personally have Trent one, Bosa two. But if you had Bosa one, Trent two, I, I, I wouldn't argue. Now, some teams do not value middle linebacker. I think this guy's so good. I, I mean, I think there are just players that Keekly when he was healthy, Erlocker forever, Ray Lewis. I mean, they do it all. They get Bowman and Willis when they were healthy. It was like, wait, this guy can cover. He can get me 20 tackles. He can sack the quarterback. He sets the tone like... I would have him three. Now, you could argue, like if we were doing it from a draft standpoint, if I got a good quarterback and I get George Kittle, like an impact tight end, the second best tight end in the league, like that's some people would have, like they would rather have Travis Kelsey or George Kittle over Fred Warner, you know, for the duration of their career. It'd be an argument. I, I would have Kittle four, and then I would probably, if I was the 49ers, you could make the argument that Debo McCaffrey, you could have Debo above McCaffrey if you were doing it for the league. I, I do think McCaffrey probably just plug and play more places th- than Debo. Debo would be my honorable mention. If I was doing it from the league, for the 49ers, he's very unique. Yeah, he single-handedly, I mean, won them games when they were playing with one hand behind their back. So Carried him to the playoffs. Yeah. I, you I could just, splash NFC Championship. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't, like... In a weird way, Debo's almost become underrated because McCaffrey does some of his stuff, and you know, he just he's, he's hurt and this and that and the other. But McCaffrey um, had the Debo run in the in the playoff game. Totally, like, damn! Didn't which, know he had that in the bag. Yeah, like now each one makes the other. Like he's kind of makes him a little. You 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 can overcome Debo not being available or nicked up or whatever because of McCaffrey. Um, but I I do think what's interesting is. Like we've gone part of what's it we've gone from Fred. Fred had a year where it felt like what's wrong with Fred Warner. And there's to your point a lot of conversation about it. It was like ten, it was like late. ten games. He is back from that though. Cause it wasn't part of it like how does he, how do I ever live up to this money? 
<clears throat> wasn't that you know a big thing that came? I don't out know. Like, I think it was happened. about play. Like I think people felt like he was not playing well. Well, I, but I'm saying he said that it was you know the the contract weighed on him. You know, oh, there are other variables affected. as a human yeah. being. Yeah, that it affected him. And by the end of the season in the playoffs, it was like Jesus Christ is, you know, the BYU Ray Lewis. Uh, I, I have no problem going. Personally, I'd go Trent Bosa. Bosa's incredible, and he could have like three defensive players of the year and three straight, you know, he's not going to go away. I do think it's harder to find star left tackles than pass rushers. Like, it's p- kind of proven these last, like, s- there are just more pass rushers coming in the league than like legit left tackles. Like, I what the 49ers missed- did to go from Joe Staley to Trent Williams is almost like the likelihood of going from Favre to Rodgers. Like, it's unheard of. Usually, you don't go back to back good left tackles, it just doesn't happen. There's usually a gap. Yeah. I mean, you know, Trent Williams missed the week 18 game against the Rams a couple of years ago. And Debo won them that football game. Could they have won that game if Trent played, but Debo didn't? Yeah, I mean, on an individual, we're, we're doing an individual game basis. Like, there's an individual, like, you could beat Tiger Woods on a hole, you know? Yeah, okay. I mean, now that McCaffrey's here, it, it makes it complicated. But my point is, I if Kyle Shanahan had to get rid of one, he would keep Trent Williams over Debo Samuel. Yeah, but pre-McCaffrey, I'm not sure if that would have been the right decision. Pre-McCa- now you have McCaffrey, you could afford to do that. But pre-McCaffrey, I don't, I'm not, I know Trent is viewed as, some call him the best player in the league, non-quarterback. But the, well, way- the first ballot Hall of Famer is is Debo. I mean, he's got a ways no. to go. No, he's not. But I, I, but I just, but I watch them play and I go, this guy has done things for them that are irreplaceable. Partly because of their quarterback play, partly because of, actually, largely because of their quarterback play. <laughs> yeah. His value in a weird way wasn't, they weren't as dependent on him, though he was awesome with Purdy still. But I think you saw Kittle, like the teams that have a top 12 quarterback, you put Kittle on their team, he's immediately a superstar. He dominated. What did he have? Like seven touchdowns and five. You know, it was just he was an unstoppable yeah. force. Yeah. And then when you factor in, he's a total package. I, I would have Kittle, and then just I would probably have McCaffrey over Debo. And again, I fucking love Debo. He's like one of my favorite players of all time. I just because I think he's so unique. But it's that's a pretty special list. It is. I, I think you could be a year away from just knocking on the door of the list. Like, hey guys, remember me? Yeah, I mean, I I love Ayuk, but he doesn't. There are just things Debo does that he doesn't do. One hundred, he can't do. Can't. Do. But there are things that he can do that Debo. That's true. Debo ain't running every route in the route tree. That's true. But let's see. Like, let's is Ayuk going to become a? Does he become a downfield like a true downfield threat? You know, probably not. Kyle's like, do you see that play I called for him against the Eagles? Yeah, over routes are cool. I mean, just keep <laughs> running those. Those are fine. <laughs> We, they are what they are. I, I think he, I think it's fair. I'm to talking about the bomb when Purdy got hurt. Wasn't it like a deep oh, post? Oh. <laughs> God, I don't want to watch that play again. <clears throat> John, we talked the other day about uh, Robbie Gold being gone. So I thought, let's break down the kicker draft. Kind of kidding, but kind of not. I texted an SEC special teams coach that we know. I said, who should the Niners draft? And he said, there's three guys Jake Moody from Michigan, Chad Ryland from Maryland. And Christopher Dunn from NC State. And I just want to give you some insight as to what we're looking for, what the Niners are looking for. All these guys are five-year guys. What are they looking for when they try to replace Robbie Gold? If they try to replace Robbie Gold. Who knows? Maybe Robbie doesn't find what he wants on the market and ends up a Niner again. But a couple things to note. Robbie Gold last year was one of the worst kickers in the NFL in touchbacks. 26th in the league. So I'm not his thing. I mentioned this the other day, like one area where you could upgrade, you might downgrade it. He's a perfect playoff kicker, but one way for the Niners to get better at kick coverage where they've struggled is to have less kick returns. And, um, you know, in the NFL last year, about half the time teams returned to kick against Robbie gold. Now college is a little different. So one thing the Niners will need to do is they will watch the tape of these guys kicking off 
Because in college, you can get a non-return, a touchback on a fair catch. You can fair catch the ball at the five, and that is a touchback. But on balls that go through the end zone, because because you, you can give yourself up basically. You, yeah, you can give yourself up, and it's and it's the same as a as a touchback. But even when you when you remove fair catches, Jake Feels like Moody, some of the high towers guy would have done, and they would just you would hundred percent you would have counted on guys doing that if you were the Niners. But Jake Moody at Michigan um, did not have a lot of returns. He was twenty percent of the time they returned the ball on him. Now some of those are fair catches, ten of those were fair catches. But even when you remove the fair catches there was still a ton of balls that he kicked through the end zone. Um, Ryland, uh, not as many. And the guy from NC state did not kick off for them. So he, to me, like the Niners might eliminate the guy from NC state, Christopher Dunn, even though he was second in college football in accuracy, he was 97% second in accuracy, but he was not kicking off for NC state and NC state didn't have a great kickoff guy to begin with. So, I do wonder if that would eliminate him from the 49ers. NC State's kickoff guy was not great. So now maybe if we eliminate, if we use that to eliminate, we go to the Maryland kicker and Moody. Well, here's another thing about Moody. If we're trying to figure out his kickoff times, PFF had him third in hang time on kickoff. So he's got a good leg. Yeah. But he was 83% on field goals last year. The other guy, Christopher Dunn, I mentioned was 97%. Why the difference? Well, Moody kicked more 50-yarders, and he was two of six from 50-plus. If you remove the 50-yarders, he was a 93% kicker. Not that Dunn didn't. In fact, Dunn, or sorry, Ryland, the Maryland kicker, had two 50-yarders against Michigan. Like, one thing I like about some of these guys, give me a Big Ten kicker who's kicked in front of 100,000 people if we're trying to figure out guys who can do postseason kicking, and they kick in bad weather. The one thing about college football, you don't really kick after November outdoors right your championship games are indoors your postseason games are indoors so you don't really get december kicking for any of these guys which complicates it a little bit well i'd say you know you've been calling college football games for almost a decade how often do you see a coach pull the trigger on a 50 plus yard field goal it's not like the nfl right yeah not not as much no but it's It's not pretty rare robbie robbie only kicked three times 50 yards or more and he made all three but he only did it three times near the bottom well because I would say that they lean like that's probably right about his range. You know, I, I don't know. It's kind of dependent on how well your offense is playing, but like the Tuckers, the McManuses, I would say Carlson with the Raiders, you're 53 yards and it's fourth and five. It's an easy decision, right? Sometimes when you're kicker in college, it's a no brainer. Usually like screw it. Let's just go for it. Right. Yeah. Or yep. if we're in a defensive game, we punt. The one thing I would say, and this is what you do as a scout, the NC State kid who didn't kick off. And like you said, you need to immediately talk to the special teams coach and ask him why. You ask the kid his thoughts on it. And if you are interested in the guy, you work him out and you have him do kickoffs and you chart him and you see what it is. Like, does he have the leg strength? Is it something that, you know, he pulled a hammy a couple years ago and he just stopped doing it and they just let the other guy go. And it was, he was so valuable to their team because they've been pretty good the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, they have been a competitive team. Maybe they viewed him as a weapon. You need to do a deep dive on that. I mean, it feels like Moody, once you brought up his picture, he's pretty famous. Now, I, you and I watch a lot of Michigan games, the, the mustache, but he's just also pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, I also think the hard thing guy, and this gets back to the Florida State kid years ago, Aguayo, it's Alex Henry at Nebraska. A lot of times a guy that gets drafted, you know, in the third to th- fifth round, it's usually like, you know, he's one of the all-time great, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's an all-time high percentage it doesn't really translate because most of the guys, when you think about it, like the guy was kicking at Florida state, the guy we drafted Alex Henry to replace acres, Nebraska. You're usually not drafting a guy like from New Mexico or, you know, I think Tucker, pretty sure Tucker's Texas. You know, most of the big kickers that are getting picked. Yeah. They're coming from the power five. So it's not like you're nitpicking, like, you know, he kicked at North Dakota state. Typically they're at the biggest programs. I just think it doesn't really translate. You know, you you have to do more like, is the guy wired the right way? I think there's an element of luck. I mean, the, I would say it's one of the luckier positions. I think punting, for the most part, you're a good punter. It's more transferable. This one's a little bit more like, I think you just think more. I, maybe punter's yeah. just more reaction. Yeah. This is just, 
if you told me that there was another guy that's an undrafted free agent, like one of the better kickers, like Washington or Texas sure. Tech, or what, if he makes it, that happens all the fucking time in kicking. Yep. Because yep. if, if these were linebackers, you'd be like, oh, two or three of them are going to be eight-year starters, right? Well, that's why I, that's why to me, one of the important characteristics would be the kickoff element, leg strength. Right? That is more like punting than field goal kicking is. Would you True. agree with that? It's more yes. just a physical trait that in theory should translate. Do you kick it out of the end zone? Here's the other thing, and this is what makes it all so hard. I, I just look because I thought it was true. Uh, obviously, Tucker, you know, is undrafted. Robbie Gold was undrafted, too. And both, I mean, Robbie Gold's going to have, what, a 20-year career? Tucker <laughs> going to have a long career. In all likelihood, Jake Moody's not going undrafted, right? You're not getting that guy mm-hmm. undrafted. No, probably not. So it just shows you that it is the right decision because you have to have to make financial decisions in football the better your team gets. But Brandon McManus, undrafted. I mean, the most famous kickers currently in the league, undrafted free agents. <laughs> and I, what do you think? McManus, Tucker, and Gold, when we look back in 10 years, I mean, they're going to combine for, what, 40 years in the NFL? No, more than that. 50 years in the NFL? All undrafted. And if you could redo all their draft, like Justin Tucker's probably going like the second round. Yeah. McManus probably getting drafted in the third. Gold, you you know. You could argue the price you have to overpay relative to how much better a fourth-round kicker is than an undrafted kicker. There may be no real difference between the two of them. The only difference would be one of them probably – was more productive, more famous. But there's only going to be two or three guys that like really feel like you know what you're getting. And so that guy's going to get overdrafted. One difference I think it puts on, if you're able to land just a top 10 kicker as an undrafted free agent, in a weird way, there's less pressure on the guy. Now, there's pressure on individual totally. kicks. If I draft a guy in the fourth round, I tweeted this out the moment Robbie said his statement. It's like, get ready. Every training camp kick matters. Yeah, I think as an undrafted free agent, it it still kind of does. But if I told you they trade up, they took mood, they use one of their third round picks on a kicker. That that kicker is getting talked about. I mean, not quite like the quarterbacks, but not a lot different than the other rookies. Wisnowski right? was a fourth round pick, and that was a dramatic yeah. pick when they made a fourth round pick, pick one ten. I mean, at one like these are starting linebackers and guards that you're not drafting, right? Difference too, though, 100%. Punters do like, no one's charting the punts. You are, did he make the field goal or did he miss? And we have seen, we see it every year of like, uh, this is not going well. He's yeah, shanking like the preseason. Aguayo's <laughs> um, the best example of that. I think the challenge for the Niners will be we've seen when they like a player, they just take them. And if you don't have Robbie Gold on your roster, can you afford to just wait? until the draft is over to take a guy you like. My guess is they would take a guy they like too high, then wait and let somebody else take that player. If it got to free agency, I'd, I'd feel fine about their ability to for a kicker would want to kick for them. 100% they're drafting a guy because they did it with the punter and it worked, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worked in the sense where he's their punter. He's, he's their, punter. their punter for a long time. Yeah. Yep. You know, so they'll, they'll go, we have no problem. And they are right. You would always, because like I just said, all those names, if you could, they would all get drafted if people knew how good they were going to be, right? But I, I just think kicker, you could argue it's the biggest variance in the league. Because like with quarterbacks in the first round, you're either going to be good or you're going to suck. There's not like, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott's do not come from the first round. So all these quarterbacks that are being talked about in this upcoming draft, let's say five of them go in the top 20. You're either going to be a high-end player or you're going to stink. You know, like there's Mac Jones is a, is like an outlier. And even he started trending towards stinking. Well, there's no there's like it's so hard to do a study because these guys never get drafted. Last year, one kicker. The year before, one kicker. The year before, three kickers. The year before, one kicker, uh, two kickers, two kickers, two kickers, three kickers, one kicker, two kickers. Aguayo's year, he was the only guy drafted. <laughs> Well, from the from an economic standpoint, just if you look at the draft in a vacuum, you don't draft the starting kicker. 
You draft a punter. I would say punters historically get drafted because, like, they're much more plug-and-play kickers. Would you be better off just signing the two best undrafted free agents having them battle it out? Ooh, Hard to do that, but... Uh, Cade York, the Browns, he was the only kicker drafted last year, John. They took him in the fourth round out of LSU. Man, he played some big-time football. He was 75% field goals last year. That's not good. No. Remember who was pretty good two years ago was uh, hit all the field goals in the playoffs was the Bengals kicker. Uh, Evan McPherson. McPherson. <clears throat> Drafted. Round. Fifth round. Yeah. <laughs> Patriots took a fifth rounder the year before. Justin Rohrwasser. He's still Is he on the team. <laughs> Daniel Carlson, a fifth rounder. Jake Elliott, a fifth rounder. But Carlson's a good example. Got drafted in the fifth round, did not make the team. You know, the Raiders, yeah, I think, the claimed draft. him or something. Yeah. 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 All right. There's our kicker breakdown. The pot of the kickers. Later, y'all. Thanks for hanging. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.